You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, kicking off three days worth of podcasts since it's the offseason, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we're going to have some fun with it this week and maybe the next couple weeks going forward doing a summer interview series, and we've got Will Guillory of The Athletic coming on for all the shows this week to talk absolutely everything. Everything New Orleans Pelicans. We're going to dive into the offseason, to training camp, to summer league, to Zion, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Drew Holiday, everybody and everything with this franchise. So we're going to play this over number of parts over the three days here, so it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll give you an update on everything going on with your Pelicans before, then we'll get into the interview. So, we got a lot to cover with Will here in this week's editions of Locked On Pelicans. Things slow down now that we're kind of in the dead period of the NBA offseason, but there's been a lot of debate about Zion Williamson, his weight, his conditioning. We all know he was out of shape. You could see it in Summer League. And Will Guillory and I of The Athletic are going to touch on this in a moment or two here on the show. And Andrew Lopez and I touched on this too. It's not that he's overweight. I don't think anyone's really concerned about that. It was more of a conditioning thing with him. And with backing out of Team USA, he's now going to be able to just spend more time in New Orleans with the training staff kind of developing a custom program with it. Well, we got a new look at Zion, who's now played some basketball, been playing basketball, and is now with the organization kind of done with that tour you have to do as the number one overall pick, the college player of the year, and now it's time to focus on basketball. Made an appearance at the opening day, second day of Saints training camp, where one, when he walked out on the field, dude was just covered in sweat, which means he had been putting in some work that morning already. He looks cut. This dude does not look like pudgy, out-of-shape Zion that people are making him out to be, even though that was never the case in the first place. He looks like he dropped some weight, clearly, and is probably back in the gym, conditioning and getting ready for the NBA season. Looks really good. It's maybe a perspective thing, too, but some of the photos that you saw, he almost looks taller than Jackson Hayes, who was out there with him as well. Jackson Hayes, by the way, signed a big deal with Nike, too. Maybe not big, terms weren't announced, but is now a Nike athlete. Good for him for going from kind of a relatively unknown person to now having a Nike deal. Not getting a signature shoe. They're just going to give him a shoe deal, which is different than the signature shoe. So he'll be wearing Nikes this coming year, whereas uh, Zion, with the money that they're paying him, $75 million over five years is likely going to get a signature shoe like Zion ones or something like that but I'll probably be wearing Jordan brand till those are done and unveiled we think so they were both out there Zion looks like he probably grew in an inch or two and look we we've seen some people who are like camera experts photographers kind of break it down as to why he looks taller than Jackson Hayes because he's in front of the camera or behind it whatever you can tell he's growing a little bit he's clearly gotten in better shape since that first summer league game so very quick cool to see that basically the franchise player, though they're kind of saying it's Drew Holiday, it's Zion, 
he's in much better shape and that's going to bode well for any of the concerns people might have had about him going into this coming NBA season. So again, it's slow. Cool to see them out there mixing up with the Saints. He's going to be participating in the QB challenge with Drew Brees, maybe throwing some touchdowns. We'll see what he does, but he's obviously enjoying his time here. He's enjoying mixing it up with the Saints and the players. It's very cool to see both sides kind of intermingling with everything, and it's just a much more fun atmosphere, which is really great if you're Zion Williamson, if you're a fan of Zion Williamson or a fan of the Pelicans. Let's just make this dude happy here. So very cool to see overall. And yeah, that's kind of really it because this is the dead period of NBA basketball and the Pelicans offseason. So we're going to bring on Will Guillory of The Athletic in just a minute here. And by the way, it is Will Guillory week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday on every edition of Locked On Pelicans. He's going to be here talking all things about the Pelicans offseason. But before we get to that, today's show is brought to you in part by Bombas. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Plus, for every Bombas purchase, they donate a pair to someone in need. Get your feet taken care of. Do something good for someone else. Find out more about what feet daydream about at Bombas.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, today and get 20% off at Bombas.com. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. Joining me now on Locked on Pelicans, I've got Will Guillory of The Athletic. We're going to be talking everything and running this over the rest of the week. Will, what's it feel like to be the first guest with their own week on the podcast? Man, this is pretty cool. I just have to say, Scott Kushner, eat your heart out. You, you can never do this. Uh, that goes to Jim Eichenhofer <laughs> as well. So, yeah, I'm the first guy. I, I'm basking in the, the, the light right now. There you go. You get all the clout, right? Exactly, but we still zero clout. We always we always rep zero clout. But you know, I, whenever I get clout from Jake Madison and the Locked On Pels podcast, you know, I got to come get a little bit, a little bit of it. But yeah, it keeps you hungry waking up in the morning, right, to go be the best beat reporter possible. Then, if you if you keep exactly. it in zero, you gotta you gotta be humble. You gotta stay hungry. You gotta be prepared because you never know what's gonna happen, man. I I'm excited to be on the Zion beat now, but I remember what it was like in March and April last year. So oh, it, was, uh, I, I, it was brutal. It was we brutal. All, like, how many times could like people write about Christian Wood, which was a really good story, don't get me wrong, but putting up those numbers in, what was it, eight games, ten games at the end of last season, like it's not necessarily it an indicator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, this is this is awful, right? Yeah, it was bad. I mean, the games were super empty, and the people that were there were probably there cheering for the other teams, especially like when the Lakers came to town and stuff like that. It was rough, man, and people didn't even want to talk about the team. They just wanted to talk about where was Anthony Davis going and how much they were getting back. Like the actual games were irrelevant in development of guys like, you know, Frank Jackson, Ken Rich, who, you know, did some interesting things at the end of the season. It just didn't even matter because people were worried about the future and what was going to happen with AD. Yeah, and I guess we could start there with everything too. Since David Griffin's come in, it's it's an entire. It feels like it's almost a different franchise. Yeah, they've got the same name, Drew Holiday, and some of the other people are still here. But this is, as he said, kind of recently, not the Pelicans of old. I guess is how they're operating now. Yeah, it's crazy to think. You know, I mean, he hasn't even been on the job for a year yet. And just like you said, it's, it's completely different franchise. People look at this team differently. I mean, you got guys like Derek Favors and J.J. Redick who are veterans, you know, in the prime of their career. Well, I mean, J.J. is probably at the, end, the tail end of his prime. 
but guys, you know, who who you, who you think want to be on a championship winning squad, who want to be on a team that can compete at the highest level. And both of those guys looked at the landscape of the league and said, I want to be there. I see what they're building. I see what David Griffin is doing. I see the roster they're building around Drew Holiday and uh, Zion Williamson, and I want to be a part of that. And I think this is a team that AD not too long ago was saying, I'm ready to get out of here. You know, I'm done with this team. And now you see vets saying, no, I want to be there. I think that says a lot about what, you know, David Griffin has done in such a short time. Yeah, so so of doing all of that stuff in the short time, what do you think are some of kind of the big things or what do you see? it? Is it maybe the culture that he's building? Is it some of the people he's brought in? Because, it, or is it maybe ownership? I guess we could start there with it too, being just investing the money like they never had before. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of all of that. I think Gail Benson gets a big nod for the way she's kind of invested in this team, the way she she went ahead and said, you know what, I, I'm done with doing the, the Mickey Loomis one-foot-out, one-foot-in thing. I'm going to have David Griffin as the guy at the top. I'm going to allow him to go out and get people like Trajan Langdon and Swing Cash. And I think they kind of fortified that front office in a major way. And I think the way she also invested in the practice facility, going out and getting a guy like Aaron Nelson, who, I mean, we've talked, you know, over yeah. the years so much about all the injuries with this team and bringing in the, the, the best of the best to kind of deal with that issue. And you you look throughout the roster, the way he handled the AD trade, bringing in all of those picks, the move he made, moves he made in free agency. Uh, I think at every level, he's kind of changed everything. And now the big thing is just kind of putting all of these pieces together and finally producing on the court. Yeah, and we saw some of that producing on the court, I guess, from the young guys over in Summer League. You were out there for it. Were you there for the earthquake? I was there. That was my first ever earthquake in life. Uh, it was pretty shocking. But, yeah, it, that was a crazy night, and it had nothing to do with Zion. It was insane. <laughs> no, so, so you've never been in one before? Never in life. I just, I just felt the ground shaking. I started looking around. I thought, you know, and I was at a media section. It kind of felt like somebody was just jumping up and down in the media section. It was all shaking. And I'm just looking like there's somebody going crazy behind me. And I'm sitting next to uh, uh, a writer from the LA times. And she's like, Oh yeah, this is the earthquake. Yeah. Don't worry. And I'm like, wait, what? It's an earthquake? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I've never been in one of these before. She's like, Oh no, it's all good. We're fine. And, I, and I'm looking up and I see the scoreboard shaking and the, the speaker shaking. And I was like, man, this is really real. You know, it was weird. So you didn't just run out of there. You were brave and toughed it out to see if they'd keep playing. That was the thing. I was looking at people like running up the stairs to exit the building. I'm like, well, if it's an earthquake, you can get outside and, you know, it's still going to be shaking out there. So I, <laughs> I, I guess, you know, it was just like, hey, you just kind of ride it out. You know, I just hope something doesn't fall on top of you. Uh, that's why I was like, yeah, we got to get these guys off of the court so we don't have to worry about a scoreboard falling on somebody. That would be insane. Uh, but, I, yeah, it was just kind of weird. I, my phone was blowing up for sure. I had my mom hitting me like every five minutes, like, <laughs> are you okay? Have you evacuated the building? I'm like, nah, I'm fine. Everything's good. It was just a little bit of shaking, that's all. All right, that's good. No, it ended up being okay. That was definitely a, a surreal experience to see. You saw even like Frank Jackson under the scoreboard during that, and he was like, oh, I am not staying right here, and like sprinted off. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I had the same reaction. And you saw that thing shaking up there. That was pretty scary to see. And I think, you know, a couple of guys from the Athletic reported that, you know, uh, Adam Silver and the NBA kind of looked into the structure of the building and determined if it was damaged. So, I mean, that was, you know, a scary thing for sure to see that happen. But I think, you know, thankfully everybody was safe and we got everybody out there. And who knew that 
that the Pelicans are going to be the most exciting team at Summer League, and it had nothing to do with any of the guys that won on the court that night. Yeah, at least that night. But they ended up being probably the most exciting team in Summer League, maybe outside of Memphis, but I still think New Orleans kind of stole the show there. So in that first game, looking at some of the guys, you had the debut of Zion. That seemed to me to kind of just maybe encapsulate what we're going to see from him this year. He He's going to be good down low, and he shows the athleticism and that he belongs, but that jumper looks to be a bit of a problem going into next year. Is that kind of what you're expecting from his rookie year? Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the big thing from him is that we saw him produce in a couple of different ways. You saw him get some highlight plays off. And he was, you know, let's just be frank, he was just completely out of shape. I mean, he just was nowhere near the guy we saw at Duke. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the schedule of being a number one pick from March until June, and especially the, with him, with all the shoe deal negotiations. And then he had all of these agencies fighting over him and the award circuit. And you're flying from this place to that place. And I think he just didn't have a ton of time to focus on basketball. The way he really wants to. And I think just to see him play, you know, give you 11 points in nine minutes, a couple crazy blocks, you know, some highlight dunks. I think it just showed to me, I thought what I was really impressed with it was that, man, it just, the way he moves on the court is insane for a person his size. And I think not only just the speed and the power, but I think, uh, just the way he knows how to position himself on a court in certain plays. You saw they had an out-of-bounds play where he kind of did a dribble handoff with Frank Jackson, I believe, and he just positioned himself on a baseline. Perfect spot. They dropped him off, and he got a dunk. And I think he's he's much smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. He knows how to move out there and put himself in position to succeed. And I think he does it in a little different way from most of the guys we think of. You know, When we think of that echelon of Kevin Durant, LeBron James, type of prospects, we're not used to seeing him play the way Zion does, but I think the way he plays, he, he's kind of figured it out, and he knows how to be successful, and I think him applying that at the next level I think is going to be really interesting. He, I also see him as just a very like instinctual player. Like This guy has, especially defensively, has a nose for the ball and can get his arms in the passing lane, start fast breaks that way, knows when to attack too, and you saw him do that against Kevin Knox when he just ripped the ball out of him. If he goes a little bit early or a little bit late on that attack, it's a, probably a foul, and he just kind of knows when to do it and how to do it. And I think that's going to help him succeed probably in the NBA next season too. And I think we can tie that in with the jump shot and everything else. I think the uh, big thing with him is he just has the ultimate confidence in himself. And I think he loves the spotlight as much as when he talks to us, he always says, oh, gosh, you know, I didn't expect to have so many people out to see me. And, you know, all of this fame <laughs> and stuff is kind of crazy. Uh, but I think when he gets on that court, he loves it and he soaks it all up. And he, he I think all the, we're going to get to the point where he's going to get better at jump shooting. He's going to get better at ball handling just because I think he has the ultimate confidence in his ability and just the way he plays out there and the way he fits in around some of these other stars. And I think we're going to see him just make those, you know, incremental improvements, you know, all those different areas. Uh, but I, I think you're exactly right. He, he does have a great nose for the ball. You watch some of his old games, and he always is a guy that's mixing it up in the paint, you know, getting those steals, getting those loose balls. And just like I said, that's not something we're used to seeing from the, the, the star of the stars when it comes to prospects. But I think he's he just loves to be in the mix, and he just loves to, to bang around in the paint under the rim and just get involved. And you're going to always see him, you know, just ripping the ball away from guys or, you know, those missed free throws and come poke it out from behind on somebody. And I think he's just uh, really smart in the way he finds different ways to get involved. 
Yeah, even for nine minutes, and that jump shot did not look good, but I think all of us kind of understanding now that he's just out of shape, and that shot was very flat. It didn't have much lift under it. It was hitting kind of the front of the iron, or he was just airballing it. That's often tired legs, and yeah, he probably ran out there and got tired really quickly, and I think you're probably the belief, like, his weight's fine. It's just more of a conditioning thing, right? Yeah, I think they're going to get in the lab with him, you know, the rest of the summer, I think. It's, it's really good news to hear that he plans on spending a lot of the summer in New Orleans with the staff, you know, with guys like Jackson Hayes, Jalil Okafor, some of these other young guys. Just really get, you know, to know everything about the franchise, getting used to being around Alvin Gentry, Aaron Nelson, Griff, all of those guys. And I think he he's not somebody I'm worried about if he's going to be in shape when we get to October. I think he loves the game too much. He loves just the playing and being in the gym and being around the guys. And I know – uh, once he has a month or two to really focus on getting himself right, I think he's going to be a, a completely different guy once we get to training camp. Yeah, I, I think everyone kind of agrees with that, and I'm pretty happy to see he's not going to be with Team USA and getting into the gym here in New Orleans with Aaron Nelson is just going to be huge for his career. We're going to continue on with the interview of Will Guillory of The Athletic in just a minute here, touching more on the summer league aspect of the team. What did he see from Frank Jackson, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Jackson Hayes? But support of Locked On Pelicans today comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen him on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com that's promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20 percent off at manscaped.com so keeping with the theme of summer league got will guillory of the athletic here on the podcast with me today on wednesday and on friday give him a follow at will guillory on twitter so let's just dive right back on into everything Another guy in that first game, and this got mentioned by David Griffin with your now Jeff Duncan in The Athletic. First of all, you guys pulled uh, some awesome talent in for the Saints and just coverage of the city in general recently. Man, we, it's like a NOLA reunion. I got all of my people. I got Jeff Duncan. I got, you know, Brody. I got worked with Brody for a little while. And Catherine, she left NOLA right when I got there. But, I mean, it's really exciting just to see the people we added. And I got my old boss, Jennifer Evans, as my editor. So, uh, man, it's extremely exciting just to see all of the people we're adding to the staff and just the growth of the athletic as a whole. And I think we're doing some really big things, and I'm just happy that we're giving, you know, the fans in New Orleans what they want. So, so I'll be honest. I subscribe. I've told other people to subscribe, and it's awesome stuff. I mean it. Like whatever teams you follow, if you want just good, solid coverage that's not just recapping the game the night before and telling you what people did, you watch the games. You know that getting insight into that stuff. You guys provide that probably better than anywhere else right now, and I mean that truly. I oh, mean, I appreciate it, and I, and I think you you described it perfectly. I think that's our goal is to kind of really get in depth tell fans the behind-the-scenes stuff, the, the kind of analysis that they want of the game that's much bigger because I think uh, you're exactly right. A lot of the fans today are much smarter uh, when they watch these games, and they know a lot of the stats, and they know about different lineups, and they know the seventh man that's coming in and how he impacts the game, and they follow him on Twitter, and they you know they, they follow him on Instagram, and they know everything about these guys. And I think just getting having people that tell a story from a different view and being around – these guys on a daily basis I think it helps a lot you get all of these different type of stories and different you know uh, views of the way the team runs and I think that's our goal is to really tell those stories in a way that kind of educates the fan even more yeah so everyone should subscribe it's worth 
absolutely doing it. Also, you support local journalism uh, for the teams you love. So I can't recommend it enough. And recently, you, Jeff Duncan interviewed David Griffin and kind of unprompted, he jumped in to talk about Frank Jackson, who had 30 points in that opening game. And then they just, uh, he had that injury, the quad contusion. They didn't really need to see him play anymore. They certainly seem very, very high on him going into next season. What do you see from him in that summer league game? And what do you see about potentially his role for next year? Yeah, I was really excited to see the way he played, and I think it was something I wrote a little bit before uh, the start of Summer League. Something I wanted to see from him was that a lot of last year, I felt like, uh, you know, playing with Drew Holiday, with Alfred Payton, we saw a lot of Frank Jackson below the free throw line. We saw him shooting corner threes, kind of cutting back door, running in transition to get his buckets. And I think ultimately uh, for his success in the league, he has to be a guy that you feel comfortable with uh, playing him at the top of the key with the ball in his hands, playing pick and roll, getting his shot, getting other guys involved. And I think that's where he got a lot of his buckets in that, in that first summer league game. We saw him, you know, coming off pick and roll, pulling up and taking jumpers. We saw him running in transition, finishing at the hoop. Uh, I think that, you want to see that confidence with him growing, you know, as a guy who can come in as, and be that super six man and just uh, get, fill up and get you 10, 15 points in the second quarter or something like that. Hit a couple threes, get some layups in transition. And I think the growth in his game is going to be really important for this bench as you wait for guys like, you know, Alexander Walker and Jason Jackson Hayes. Uh, to really get where you want them to be. I think Frank Jackson could be a guy that's really important. And we know, you know, how comfortable he is with Drew Holiday and the type of bond they have on the court and just that experience he got, especially in the second half of the season after the AD trade because yep. I think it's going to be really important for him. And I think he's going to be really good next season for sure. Yeah, well, you, you know, I think everyone kind of forgets this is a guy who probably would have been in the first round if he had not had some injuries in his one season at Duke. Maybe not a lottery pick, but certainly within the first round. And he showed off... Like you saw him in that one game. The athleticism is off the charts there. He is also very strong. Like you said, he's been working out with Drew Holiday the past two, maybe three off seasons now. And he's kind of a guy who maybe is primed for a big breakout year. And you also said it too. They they need him too because a guy like Alexander Walker, Jackson Hayes, and some of these other guys are going to take a little bit to come along. And they're not ready for significant minutes next season, even though they impressed in Summer League. So what do you see out of both those guys in Summer League and and we'll talk about the rotation stuff in a little bit, but I think right off the bat, you know, those guys look like they belong, but you can see that there's some flaws, at least in the short term, that maybe preclude them from getting significant minutes right away. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you saw that from both of those guys. And I think with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, man, he was so impressive with just his poise and, and just his, his, the way he saw the game and the passes he was making, I, I think, it was incredible to think, you know, that he wasn't even playing full-time point guard in college. And, and just to see how comfortable he was in pick and roll and, and finding guys, you know, on that role or finding guys, you know, kicking it to the opposite corner and just the way he was able to read defenses consistently as not, you know, necessarily a super athlete. Of course, he's big for a point guard being, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he's not blowing past people. He's not, you know, shaking guys up with, with amazing handle, but I think he's just really smart and the way he can maneuver around picks and use his body to kind of gain leverage and play games with the defense and just that bond he developed. Jackson Hayes, I thought it was pretty obvious. The work they were doing before they can play at Summer League, some of the those high school two-on-two <laughs> games they were doing uh, out there <laughs> in Vegas. And I was hearing all type of stories about, man, this Nikhil Alexander-Walker kid, he's throwing crazy passes. I was hearing that, you know, all the way leading up to their first game and kind of seeing it 
on the court in live action. It, it was super impressive. And I think with Jackson Hayes, just the, the, his aggression out there. And I think he talked about it, you know, some, uh, so maybe some of it comes from his football background and, you know, always taught to be a, a attacker in, in football. And I think he kind of approaches basketball in that same way you saw him just running the court and just looking for ways to score and, and impact the game on offense. And guys in that mold, when you think of, you know, the, the, the rolling big man who's catching lobs and playing defense, they're usually not as aggressive as Jackson Hayes was on offense. And I think he wanted to be involved uh, and, and seeing him score 28 in his first game. It's kind of crazy to think the potential he has, not only as a roller and a shot blocker, but just as an offensive piece as a whole. Uh, once he kind of figures it all out, uh, I think I mean, you got to be really excited about these three first-round picks, you know, coming out of this draft. Yeah, well, and even looking at Hayes, you mentioned the football background. His hands are unbelievable for a guy that size. Yeah. Everyone's used to Omer Ashik down below the basket, and you could, like, throw him a <laughs> ball of yarn, and he probably couldn't catch it. You can kind of throw up almost any pass. He just cradles it and corrals it perfectly, and that's going to go a real long way, I think, in his career. Having hands like that, being a former wide receiver probably helps, too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, we all know his dad has the NFL background, played, you know, a long time in the NFL as a tight end, and, and Jackson grew up wanting to be like his dad and be a receiver, and, you know, eventually he got to, like, his junior, senior season, there, and they just had to sit him down and say, hey, man, uh, I don't know if there's any 6'10 wide receivers in the NFL right now, so maybe it's hard to make the transition to basketball, and he just kind of took off from there, and I think you're exactly right. That I think that football background makes him a really unique big man in the way he catches the ball, you know, kind of turning around, you know, running up the court. Uh, he's really unique in that way, and I think – uh, that's going to help him as well. I think more and more as we see him playing on the perimeter, we saw him shoot a three out there. And, he and looked comfortable doing and, that. He shot it real smooth. He was, he kind of shot it and threw his hands down like he knew it was going in. Uh, I think it's crazy, to, just like I said, to see the potential of what he can become when he kind of puts all the pieces together on offense. And I think we're going to see him in the mode, not not playing like AD, but I think playing the way they played AD as a guy that's going to handle the ball at the top of the perimeter, do a bunch of dribble handoffs. I think that's what they want to see from him. And I think just the, just the, the way he's so comfortable with the ball in his hands, I think it helps. So we're going to pick up from there on the Wednesday edition of Locked on Pelicans. We'll run more of the interview with Will Guillory of The Athletic. Again, give him a follow at Will Guillory, and I highly recommend subscribing to The Athletic as well. You get some great coverage. You're going to have some great Saints coverage, Pelicans coverage in there too. Any team you want to follow, it's pretty awesome. I, I will be honest, and I'm a big fan of this. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Again, we got Will on Wednesday and Friday as well, diving deep on everything you want to hear. Thank you all for listening don't forget subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and as always i'm your host jake madison at nola jake on twitter and i'll be back with you all on wednesday